to this is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. You are listening to Cruise Radio Rewind. It's all about you and tackling your questions throughout the week. We have a set of four questions today, three of them from Ronald asking about Royal Caribbean against Carnival as far as food and the casino program. So Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast will answer those questions. And then staff writer Richard Sims will tackle a New York City question asking what to do to kill time before their 7 p.m. flight. To answer the first question is Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. How you doing, Tommy? Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, buddy. So Ronald wrote me an email asking some questions about Royal Caribbean and Carnival. He wants to take his first Royal Caribbean cruise. His first question, how does Royal Caribbean's main dining room compare to Carnival's as far as selection and service? All right. Well, I guess that's a pretty subjective question because you have to, I guess, take it from a couple of different angles, like he said. So I'm going to go, if you're asking me, my opinion is Carnival does have more in terms of items that you could offer. I think throughout the week, you'll see more, I guess, different, I guess, array of items from, you know, steaks and different types of meats and vegetable items and, you know, very vegan friendlies and also some kind of, I guess, maybe rare finds as well from Carnival. I will give Royal Caribbean the nod in terms of consistency. I think, you know, you can miss on a couple of items here and there with Carnival. I feel as though Royal Caribbean, they're item for item. They're all going to taste pretty good. They're all going to be at least three out of four in terms of stars. And I think that uh, Royal Caribbean will beat them in terms of, let's just call it flavor and consistency with the food. I'm going to go with Royal Caribbean in terms of the layout of the room. I enjoy the Royal Caribbean dining layout it's much more simple it's easier to navigate through you basically have it's always in one room it's three levels and it's a really palatial feeling in the royal caribbean dining rooms uh i'm going to give carnival the nod in terms of service i just feel that the onus is put on them to be a little bit more friendly i feel like they're not necessarily they're very friendly without nagging you i feel that's really what carnival does very very well so i think right there with two to two so what i'm going to do is give the tiebreaker nod to carnival in the form of the irresistible chocolate melting cake you know what though i mean you you're giving royal caribbean the nod for consistency like as far as food from ship to ship that's that's what i gotta say as far as the items in the main dining room i feel as though that when i order a pork chop when i order uh, you know, some of the some of the more heartier items, I feel that I can't go wrong. The, uh, you know, the 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 the, the braised beef, you're always going to get something that's going to be it's going to be good. Carnival, I definitely feel like I've missed on a couple of fish dishes. Uh, I've missed on a couple of the chicken dishes. And I just feel like for for my experience, I do feel like you really it's a safer bet with the main courses for Royal Caribbean. Okay, so we might be talking about two different things here because I was talking about like, say if I ordered French onion soup on Carnival Vista and then ordered it again on Carnival Sensation, it tastes the exact same from both ships. Whereas with Royal, uh, I was on Majesty of the Seas and I ordered a soup and I was on Allure and ordered the same soup and it tasted completely different. One tasted amazing and one tasted like I was drinking dirt water. Okay, so there you go. We're going to go with the first statement I made with this kind of being, uh, I would say, probably a subjective question. But I uh, I guess maybe consistency, I can give you that. Uh, I am talking about consistency in terms of knowing that my entree on Royal Caribbean yeah. – 
is pretty much not going to miss. There's never a complete, holy crap, I got to turn this in. Mm-hmm. I got to send this back. Now, you're talking item for item, their particular items being exactly the same across all ships. I can definitely see what you're, say, what you're saying with that. Yeah, we were definitely talking about two different things there. The next question, how do the two buffets stack up against each other? Okay, so let's just go back on that last question. There's no way for me not to get a bunch of uh, people fired up and telling me I'm out of my mind about things because, like I said, it's a polarizing topic. It's subjective. And people are kind of very yeah. – yeah, exactly, totally. So all right, so the buffet for me. I like Carnival for the layout. It opens up at the aft portion of the pool, and it's almost like a it's a it's almost like a way to get from one place to another. Whereas if you are in the Windjammer on Royal Caribbean, you are kind of hitting a dead end. You got to turn around, come all the way back. Whereas Carnival, like I said, you can come in, come off the pool, get something to eat quick, and then head back out to the aft pool. It's almost like, and they have the elevator banks back there as well. So I like that as far as layout with Carnival. I think the Windjammer gets the nod in terms of service. Uh, there's always somebody in the Windjammer setting up your drinks, pouring drinks off. They're coming by there. If you want something, they'll get it for you. I feel like you almost, in my experience in the Windjammer, it almost feels like you have a server at your table a lot of times. So I'll give Royal Caribbean Windjammer the nod for that. I will uh, also give Royal Caribbean the nod in terms of Items you could choose from. I think there are more stations, and I think they have more variety in the Windjammer. Contrastly, Carnival, absolutely, definitely better in terms of taste and in terms of flavor in each and every item. And I think we're at a tie again there. So I'm going to give Carnival the nod for that, again, because of hours of operation. I feel like you know everybody goes to bed on Royal Caribbean ships at a certain time, uh, whereas Carnival, there's always you know the midnight buffets left and right. You could always get something to eat whenever you want one. Yeah, so Royal does have more food options on their buffet. However, Carnival does have like the deli, the guy's burger joint, the Blue Iguana Cantina, the pizza, all right there. With with Royal, don't you have to kind of go down a little bit to get pizza, or is it up there by the pool? No, you do have to go down to the uh, promenade for that. But mm-hmm. like you just said, it's almost like we were talking about a couple of different, two different things here as well. Because when you did say buffet, like Carnival, like I said, you, you just nailed it. Like the Guy's Burger, the Blue Iguana Cantina, the deli, the pizza, even the uh, Indian food when they have it up there. Uh, it's 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 a, not even close. It's definitely more selection. I just wasn't considering that a portion of I wasn't considering that as part of the buffet. Yeah, I just I think of like going up to the buffet. I'm just think of like visually everything right there after the pool is for the taking. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, you're right, though. Too. No, I, and totally. I really believe that um, that is a big one. The fact that Royal Caribbean is one of the reasons I definitely am excited to get back on the carnival ship because you really have to search far and wide for food on Royal Caribbean after midnight, you know, 1 a.m., whereas Carnival, it's not going to be a, you know, full lunch or dinner serving, but they're going to have some stuff for you. If you had a long night of drinking, you're going to have some stuff to mop up the booze with anytime you're on a Carnival ship in that buffet. Yeah, I do like the buffet layout on the Oasis class ships and also um, the Quantum class, too. It seems like it's a lot more more spread out on those two classes of ships. But obviously, I guess you have more people, so it kind of has to be. Uh, the third question I know nothing about, so it's all you. How different are the two casino programs? I am going to do this to the best of my ability as well, because I wouldn't be what one would consider a whale, at least in the casino anyway, uh, for my play. 
this is what I get. Now I'll give you the offers that I get for from Royal Caribbean. It's pretty straightforward. I'll have anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty dollars off on any select cruise. And that'll be a pretty much standing offer based on what I play. Now, that's deceptive because, you know, that's off the complete top line. So if I get a cruise that's eight hundred bucks, double that double occupancy at sixteen hundred and then put it up to two grand because of taxes and port fees, I'll get like $200 off that. So it's 1800. So it doesn't really move the meter that much, but then every once in a while, I'll also, I guess, depending upon how well the sailings are filling up, I'll get a free cruise offer. And yes, usually it'll be off of a, a, a very small ship and it'll be during a, you know, maybe a super bowl or maybe uh sometime when they're just trying to fill the ships and, and they'll get a free cruise offer anywhere from three to seven days in uh, sometimes Florida, Texas, any, anywhere, anywhere where they're uh, offering the free cruise. They don't blow me out of the water. Carnival is a little bit more creative with it, and they come hot and heavy with offers all the time. I have right now up to five different offers sitting in my inbox that are various percentages off on cruises. Now, let's be uh, realistic here. They're not giving me a free cruise. They're not giving me a half-off total. It's, you know... One of them is like, let's just say it's a player's club deal. We'll give you $450 off sailing. Plus, now here's where they get you, free drinks while you're gambling. And the, I guess the operative word is while you're gambling, because you don't have to be sitting in a table, a $5, $10, $25 limit table. You can be at a slot machine sticking pennies in there, and you can get free drinks. Yeah, you kind of held hostage. You got to sit in that casino room, and I've never done that. Anytime I've ever took advantage of that offer, I've been sitting at a table because I just kind of despise slots. I feel like it's just a slow death for your money, and I'd kind of rather crumple up bills and throw them off the side of the ship mm-hmm. rather than put them in these machines. But apples to apples, it may not be that different as far as the what I get off each cruise, but the whole complimentary drinks. Now, some of the offers are just complimentary drinks for me. Some of the offers are complimentary drinks for you and a friend. So, I mean, if you can get on a cruise ship for a couple of hundred dollars off and you can get free drinks while you're in the casino for you and another person, to me, that's the way to go. And that's just, like I said, my experience with the Players Club, which is Carnival's Casino versus uh, Casino Royale, which is Royal Caribbean's. Is there a threshold for a certain spend you have to do, though? Like if you get, let's just say you drop five grand at a table, are you going to get the same offers from both Club Royale and Players Club with Carnival? Not at all. And it's kind of weird that this question is coming now because on my show, I was able to get a guy and uh, and I'll just I'll just say it here. He basically broke down what you kind of need if you want a free cruise. If you want a free cruise, you basically have to be gambling on average between three to four hours every night of your cruise you have to be playing with 25 to 50 dollars a hand and you have to have a bankroll of about three thousand dollars meaning your play has to reflect uh i guess theoretical gain or loss of three thousand dollars in each direction and if you do that you are going to be in the running pretty much for Whatever you you can pretty much call your shot for inside complimentary staterooms. That's what that's the information I got this week. You crack the code there almost. I mean, it's a question yeah, people I, have always been asking. I pinned them down. I said, "Listen, nobody <laughs> listens to my show. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not cracking any code. You're not uh, breaking any news here. 
tell us what we want to just give us the because everybody has these theories you know what yeah. i mean is it uh Oh, no, it's all about how long you stay at the table. Oh, no, your first three bets have to be over 100 bucks, and then you're good. You could bet $5. Everybody has their theory on what it is that gives you free cruises. And, yeah, he kind of broke it down. Well, there you go, Ronald. I hope that helped you or at least got you in the right direction. Let us know what you do if you wind up going to Royal Caribbean and what you think once you've done it. Just email me, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Also, use that email if you have a listener question. We've been talking with Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise podcast. You can hear all the fun and excitement over there with Tommy and his gang. Tommy, before you go here, um, some news came out on Saturday that Regal Princess, one of Princess cruise ships, failed their health inspection earlier this month with 44 violations. And so I posted a story on it, and good Lord, the cruise apologists who are commenting on these stories, like one person told me it was fake news. So to kind of say, hey, this is not fake news, I did a screenshot of the CDC's website, and so they were taken care of. Then the other person told me that, oh, wow, it's only two fruit flies. Thank God it wasn't three. But you know what kind of like disgusts me is, and yeah, I mean, there's fruit flies everywhere, but those things can multiply. I think they can lay up to 500 eggs at a time and they do it every 10 days. So it's not, it doesn't take long to get like a thousand fruit flies if you're not careful, you know? Exactly. And the first thing I'll say is you said it best when you say, hey man, there's it takes all kinds of kinds, and it is very – it's just amusing. You know, people just go to, go to the – you know, go to the – go to war for certain cruise lines. People just go to the mat for certain cruise lines, and you know what? If you say anything bad about them, it's like you insulted a family member or something. Listen, you just put out there what the facts were. Uh, 44 violations yeah. is not good no matter how you slice it. And I can tell you right now from the business that I'm in, restaurants, bars, and things like that, one of the biggest pains in the neck are fruit flies. It doesn't take a lot for an infestation to develop because the rate at which they multiply is actually scary. So it's something you actually have to really stay on top of. And I think the uh, CDC is doing their job by making sure that they're being held accountable. And I would absolutely uh, thank them for being out there because you, I mean, do you want fruit flies in your food when you're cruising? I don't, I don't get it. Me neither, man. We'll have more on this story with Sherry and cruise news on next week's episode of cruise radio. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks for having me, Doug. To tackle our next question is staff writer, Richard Sims. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. Since you live in Manhattan, you are the expert and you can answer this next question. It's from Kim. We are sailing a Norwegian ship to Bermuda this summer. On the day we return, our flight home isn't until 7 p.m., giving us about eight hours to kill in New York City. So my questions are, what is the best way to get to Newark Airport? We are from Chicago, so we're used to public transportation, so we can do that if it's an option. Secondly, any suggestions on how to spend the day? As far as what you do in Manhattan, I mean, you know, literally, this is the kind of place where the world is your oyster. There's so much to do. The one problem you could run into is that because it's summer there will be crowds. You know, New York City just is can be a little bit of a madhouse that time of year. So the first thing you want to do is ditch your luggage. 
Assuming that you're going to want to try and use public transportation to get to the airport, your best bet would be to head over to Penn Station. There's a place over there called Verto Luggage Store. You can reserve it online, and it costs about $6 an item. It's very safe, it's very secure, and it's right there at the hub of transportation in New York. There are other places. I mean, really, if you you know spend like five minutes Googling, where can I leave my luggage in New York, and you'll find all kinds of places in the Times Square area because they know this is something that a lot of people want to do. There are even some hotels that will, for a charge, let you leave your luggage there. So first, ditch your bags. The second thing, so that's the start of your day. Now let's jump ahead to the end of your day before we tackle the middle. So the first thing I would say about the end of your day is to make sure that you leave plenty of time to get to the airport because, you know, you've got to go through security. If you're going to check your bags, that takes a little extra time and you just don't want to take any chances. Now, if you're leaving out of Midtown Manhattan, you have two, you have several options, but the two best are probably either a, you could take an Uber, but an Uber is going to cost you around 75 bucks. It's much cheaper. Just go to Penn Station, which is where we sent you to drop off your luggage. So circle back, go to Penn Station, get your luggage, and take the train out. Take Jersey Transit out. It's going to cost you about $15, a little over $15 for adults, and around $11.25 for kids. So even with all of you, it's still going to be cheaper than it would be to take an Uber. And the Uber, you know, is $75 plus tip. You don't have to tip when you take New Jersey Transit. So that's probably your best bet. There are other bets. You know, you can take, there are buses that you can take out there. There are what they call gypsy buses that leave from near Port Authority that you can take, you know, just do a little research online before you do any of that. But I think your best bet would be to leave out of Penn Station and go just zip right out there. It's a lot easier. As for what to do in New York, I mean, really, you have the day. Now, hopefully it's not a rainy day because it's a little difficult to, to, to do too much in New York City on a rainy day, especially if you've you know, just got off a cruise and you got the kids and you're dragging your luggage around. But assuming that it's the middle of summer and you have a beautiful day, you can head to Central Park. You can head to Battery Park. Uh, you can go to a TKTS app. Now, it depends on what day you come in. If there happen to be matinees playing, you might be able to catch an early matinee. But make sure, again, that it's not too late because, you know, again, you want to be out of Manhattan by around 4 o'clock in order to make sure you get out to your flight. You could go down to the 911 Museum, which, again, you should, if you're going to do that, you need to make your reservations in advance. Uh, you could spend quite a bit of time there. It is very emotional. I don't, you know... I, I don't necessarily know that I would want to end my vacation at something so somber, but if you're not going to be back in New York City and if you've never experienced it, it's definitely something to consider. You can go to the top of the Empire State Building. There are tons of museums. I mean, you name the topic and there's a museum. If I had kids, I would probably go to the Museum of Natural History. That's, you know, going to it's a huge museum and it's got the most it's got the largest variety of exhibits. So it's sort of like there's something there for absolutely everyone. But, you know, you won't have any trouble filling up your time. Your big your big problem will be making sure you get out of the city on time because you're going to have so much at your fingertips to do that you'll you'll not want to leave to go home. Also, Richard, doesn't the cruise line, like wouldn't Norwegian offer like a post-cruise type excursion or something like that? Do they do that in New York? They do. They have a post-cruise excursion. And one of the nice things about it is some of them, you can actually make arrangements that you can leave your luggage with them, go on the excursion with them. And then depending on the airport, they will take you to the airport as well. They don't always do that. It's It sort of depends, I think, on demand. But 
check on the cruise planner, you know, under, under your shore excursions. And you'll notice that one of the things that comes up is New York city. The first time I cruised out of New York, I thought it was so odd that they had New York city listed under excursions, but then I understood uh, they sometimes also have them for the day you come in, if you happen to be coming in early. So you can definitely do that. And it is, you know, the nice thing about that is uh, you're booking through the cruise line. They know where you are. You know where they are. Uh, and it's sort of keeps all of your planning together in one centralized site. Yeah, I guess it depends on how comfortable you are navigating a big city. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are people who have never been to New York City, get here and immediately figure out it's a grid. You know, everything Mm -hmm. is either up and down or left and right. And it's, you know, the subway system is pretty easy to navigate because if you're going to Penn Station to drop off your luggage, you can catch many of the major trains there, like the A train, which will take you all the way downtown or all the way uptown. Or, you know, you can you can catch the one and the nine, which take you the same routes, basically, but they have more stops on them. It's it's pretty easy. And you know what? Let me just say this on on in behalf. Let me just say this on behalf of New Yorkers. New York gets a really bad reputation of, you know, the people are mean or the people are don't ask them for instructions or anything. I don't find that to be at all true. I, I kind of weirdly believe that the reason New York gets that reputation is tourists. I think sometimes the tourists are a little surly and they want to get where they want to get. But don't be afraid to ask a New Yorker. If you see a cop, don't be afraid to ask a cop. They will happily. They are very used to dealing with tourists. That's, you know, that's their bread and butter in New York City is tourism. So they will happily help you get where you need to be. As always, thank you, Richard. As always, glad to be here. That'll do it for this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. A quick programming note here. I'm going out to Salt Lake City on Thursday to go to a Blake Shelton concert and then ski for three days. So there may not be a Rewind episode next weekend. I'm going to play that by ear depending on how busy Monday through Wednesday is here at the Radio Ranch. Regardless, Cruise Radio will still be here as it has been every Thursday for the past 10 and a half years. Very proud of that. If you have any questions, drop me an email, Doug at cruiseradio.net. Otherwise, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for being here. Take care. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Rituals the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.